Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Robbins Rehab West podcast. My name is Travis Robbins. I'm here with Nick Horowski. And we're going to educate you today on the top three causes of low back pain. So in physical therapy, one of the most important things that we have to figure out is what is causing the problem. Without finding the cause, we can't hook you up with a solution. So Nick, when you're evaluating patients, uh, what are the, we're going to talk about the most, the top three most common uh, problems that we see with low back pain or the top three causes of why someone comes into our office who has low back pain, uh, what do you see uh, most commonly? And what what's, would be the number one cause? And this is different based on your clinic and everything, but what do you, what is the most popular cause of low back pain you see? Uh, I think actually for my clinic, it's probably spinal stenosis, but I'm going to yeah. guess you're going with uh, maybe disc injury because that's, I think that's the one that people will uh, associate with the most. Yeah, yeah. So disc injuries, um, education on what a, a disc is, is super important because a lot of people don't know uh, what a disc is, but a lot of people have an idea of what it does. So when we do our workshops, one of my favorite things to do when I do a low back pain workshop is I say, I do a drawing on the board and we draw a little bit of anatomy and almost everybody understands that there is this little spacer in between each segment of the spine. If we're talking about low back, there's five main segments in the lumbar spine, um, and there's a little spacer in there. And when I draw that and I say, hey, what is this? Almost everybody gets it right. And they say, oh, that's a disc. Um, first of all, why do you think they, they know that? If, if people who haven't been educated on um, anatomy of the spine, but they always get that right, why do you think that is? It just seems to be that that's where, uh, that may be what every single person is told that comes into the clinic is that they have a disc injury or a disc, disc problem, herniation yeah. or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so people will come to us with diagnostic findings and we'll talk about that a little bit, but basically they'll say there's something wrong with their disc. So most people say, yeah, that's a disc. Okay. Okay. Uh, what is the job of the disc? And most people will say, what do you think, Nick? Usually we'll hear cushioning. Yeah, that's the number one thing we hear. And that, although that is true, it is kind of a spacer that allows for some shock absorption. What its real job is, is it's a ligament. So it attaches one bone to another. So any ligament, any part of your body, here's your anatomy lesson, a ligament attaches one bone to another bone. So in the lumbar spine, the disc is the ligament that attaches one segment to another. So the problem that occurs, and what most people people associate with a disc problem as well. I don't have as much cushion in there, so I might get some bone on bone rubbing. That can be possible, um, or that might be some of the cause, but really when I think of a disc injury, I think of there's too much motion between two segments, um, especially in a younger population. So most people that have disc injuries fall into the category of under 40. Now we'll never have absolutes. There's some people that are over 40 that have disc problems, and there's some people that are under 40 that will have some of the other problems that we talk about. For, for the most part, it uh, is a problem that affects people that are 40 and under. Nick, why is that? Really, because at that point, the disc is well enough hydrated that uh, it, it has enough height. And at that point, like you said, with the, the too much motion, oftentimes like they'll start to uh, cause like a small tear or lose some of that uh, disc material. And usually it just happens in that demographic. And as we age, everything starts to dehydrate a little bit. And that usually becomes um, a little bit less of an issue when the disc uh, space really becomes smaller and smaller because of that dehydration. Yeah. So, and most people will say this in our talks too. It's like, hey, uh, how many of you are over the age of 50 or 60? And we'll say, is anybody taller now than they were when they were 20? Now they laugh. 
and they say, yeah, everybody knows that they get shorter as they age. One of the reasons that they get shorter, uh, one of the big reasons is postural. You just have really crappy posture as you get older. That's the biggest reason. Another reason is those discs will, like what Nick is saying, will lose some of their hydration. They'll lose some of their water content. And the good news is as you age, you tend to have less problems with your discs because you um, have a dehydration of that. And that's part of what causes you to get a little bit shorter as you age. But the really the big takeaway that we want you to have is if you have a disc problem, um, one, it's that ligament attachment, you're gonna have excessive motion there. Two, it doesn't mean that you've signed yourself up for back pain for the rest of your life, which I think is the big problem that we see. So patients come in and they say, oh my goodness, I have this disc problem, like a disc bulge, disc um, rupture, uh, disc herniation, um, disc irritation, something, they associate for whatever reason, disc with like debilitating, never gonna go away pain. Um, and that's just not true. So I have two hernia discs in my low back, my lumbar spine. And that's if you I know of too, that's the, yeah, it was right. shown on imaging even. So, <laughs> yeah. So if they did it now, it might look even worse. So, um, but the point is, unless I do something stupid or I don't take care of my back by doing the things that we know we need to do, uh, I pretty much avoid low back pain, uh, for the most part. And so, um, educating people on that is really important. I just had a patient that came in this week as a friend of mine. I've been coaching soccer with him for years and he had some mild bulges on an MRI. So he's really concerned. He had some severe pain. And he just, he automatically thought he's going to have back pain for the rest of his life. And he was blown away. He says, you mean you guys can like help me? Like I thought I need injections and surgery. There's no way to fix this. And a lot of people associate surgery with fix, but that's not the way to think about it. But a lot of people will go to their doctor, uh, orthopedist, um, and get diagnostic testing, have some kind of disc problem. So um, that kind of wraps up what can be causing and is a really common cause of low back pain. So Nick... Uh, if we want to take the next uh, most common cause, and I know you see this in your clinic, you said stenosis. So what is that and uh, how do you get that? So easiest way to think of stenosis is a narrowing of the joint space. Now stenosis uh, can go along with some disc injury and we talk about like that as you age, tend to get a little bit shorter and you get some of that compression. So all those joints are coming a little bit closer together. Um, but it can also be some of the, the overgrowth of the bone with like arthritis, that type of thing, where just you have that hole size, uh, whatever that normal hole is uh, going through your spine there. And it tends to get smaller. And I mean, you have a couple of them, one on each side, one going down the middle. So that stenosis can really uh, occur and narrow down on any of those spaces and either cause nerve irritation or even just some of the, we talked about joints coming too close together before and causing just irritation that way as well. Okay. So uh, patients will come in again pretty commonly and say, oh, I've been diagnosed with spinal stenosis. Yep. And they'll again associate that with long living, like forever back pain. So someone comes in and has a, a diagnostic finding of stenosis. By the way, another term for stenosis is just arthritis. So if someone tells you that you have low back pain, um, and it's a result of arthritis, it's likely that there's some stenosis in there. So you can kind of, for the most part, use those terms interchangeably. Um, but someone comes in and says, yeah, I, I have this narrowing of the hole where my nerve comes through. Can you fix that? So what would you say to someone said that came to you and said, can, can you fix that? Are we going to actually change the, uh, the bone itself? No. What we can do is through the proper exercises, through the proper stretching, through the proper just uh, modifications uh, of your daily life is 
create more space there. Uh, and again, not that it's making it bigger, but we're going to change up the posture of the low back enough so that there's more space there in those joints so you're not getting that same compression. Right, and another big takeaway here is just because you've been diagnosed with some kind of spinal stenosis doesn't mean that you're going to have low back pain for the rest of your life. We have plenty of people that come in that have absolutely no back pain but have the diagnostic finding of spinal stenosis. Same thing with knee arthritis, right? So some people will say, oh, I've got bone rubbing on bone or there's no meniscus left, but they have no knee pain. So don't get married to your diagnostic findings. I think discs and stenosis, those are probably the two if not knee a little bit, the, the most, um, uh, in terms of diagnostic testing, things that people come in with and they say, hey, I got these problems. So let's talk about the next um, most common cause of low back pain, which we'll typically see in combination with one of these two, or even sometimes both of these two findings. And that is something that actually does not show up on an MRI, typically, unless it's really an issue or an x-ray or something like that. So what is uh, the last cause that we're going to talk about? So uh, an SI or sacroiliac uh, type of joint dysfunction, joint injury, uh, which a lot of times uh, people will come in and say, yeah, I was told like I have one leg that's longer than another or shorter than another. Um, but a lot of times the, the SI injury is a, a more pinpoint type of low back pain, like on one side or versus the other. Uh, and it, it often results of a rotation through the sacrum, through the pelvis, something like that. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important. So as physical therapists, we're trying to find out what the cause is. If someone comes in and they point to their SI joint, so you have one on each side. And if they point right to their SI joint and they say, I have pain like right here, like it's, I wouldn't say that the uh, evaluation is over, but we got a pretty good idea of what's going on heading into the evaluation because that's very specific type pain and specific mechanism of injury. So that's just kind of when we ask people, hey, do you think it did anything that may have caused this? Um, that's what we consider mechanism of injury. So what are common um, mechanisms of injury for SI joint pain, Nick? Uh, biggest one, and I know I've done it actually myself, is just like stepping off a curb rung or like you're walking in the yard uh, and ground isn't completely even. Like you're walking along and boom, they kind of jolt and, and it shoots almost right up the back. Uh, with that, like any type of falls, those are those are some biggies. Yeah, and I, I tend to see that more with my rotational athletes too. So golf, tennis, that kind of stuff, especially my male athletes. So let's talk about how SI joint problems tend to be more prevalent in females, especially females who have had pregnancy or multiple pregnancy. Why do we see that more there versus a male population? Uh, usually it's more uh, ligament laxity. So uh, females in general tend to have more ligament laxity. And then like you said, pregnancy, actually uh, with the hormones that you're going to release during pregnancy is going to make everything a little bit more lax as well as just pelvic angles. Pelvic angles tend to be a little bit wider uh, they're just meant to uh, give birth as we talk about pregnancy. So all these things are going to really um, leave somebody more susceptible to that. Yeah. So Nick is way smarter than me. I don't know if you guys have picked up on that yet, but what he's saying when he says ligament laxity, that just means the ligaments don't hold things together as well as they should. They're a little bit loose. So you can associate that loose with laxity and then pelvic angles. So that means I'm sure if I say this, everybody's going to have heard this before. Uh, female hips tend to be wider than the hips of a male. So those two factors will lead into the fact um, that females have it more than males. And, and even more than that, it's just really the hormonal makeup of a female versus a male. But So with our males, it's not like we never see this with our males. But for us, it's typically our rotational athletes. If people um, have physical labor jobs and they're kind of bending, twisting, that kind of stuff, when you're bending forward and you rotate and you, you turn to one side, that's typically 
when you have these kinds of problems. So let's let's go back and just kind of go through um, the most common um, causes of the this specific problem. So a disc injury, let's just like the very typical patient is going to come in with this. So I'll do disc injury. I'm thinking like typically someone that's under 40, which you talked about, um, someone that has had a, a mechanism of injury or a reason for injury as maybe bending forward a lot for uh, a long period of time or more than they're used to. Um, and, and typically someone that when they bend forward, the pain will get worse. And when they bend backwards, the pain will not get worse or it might even get a little bit better. So if, if you're at home and you're listening to this, okay, what is or things that I can think of if, if that it sounds like you, I'm under 40, I was bending over a lot. Now the pain is worse when I bend forward, better when I bend backwards. Uh, also can be worse when you sit and better when you stand and walk, then that might be a disc injury. So for stenosis, what is that patient typically going to say when they come in, Nick? Uh, well, it's just about the opposite of what you'll be feeling. Like usually that leaning forward, like I'm leaning on my desk here. Like uh, a lot of times people will say like leaning forward on the grocery cart when they're walking feels better versus being straight upright and walking. Sitting usually feels pretty good or even just bending forward in general uh, feels pretty good with that. Uh, usually it's not a, an acute mechanism. It's going to be one of those things. Now, you know what? My back pain started 10 years ago and it's just been kind of getting worse since then. Uh, and it's, if they're up on their feet a lot moving, like that's when they're going to be hurting versus, yeah, I sit down and within a few minutes, it's pretty much gone. Yeah. It's kind of funny how those things are opposite in terms of uh, the presentation. And then in terms uh, of SI joint, so SI joint, um, can kind of occur in both of these problems. Again, as you age with your SI joint, kind of similar to the lumbar disc, you lose a little bit of that hydration and your SI joint tends to kind of, we call it like fibrose down, but think of it as, um, it, it kind of solidifies and it doesn't move as much. So one of the advantages of getting older is that you tend to have less SI joint pains, but Nick and any PT that's been doing this for as long as we've been doing it, will tell you that you've had people in their 60s, 70s, 80s that have come in that have had actual SI joint problems. And we like to tell those patients you have a very young SI joint. So they like to hear that. But basically we talked about kind of the, um, the presentation of that, meaning there's going to be pain in a pinpoint area. They're typically going to have been doing some flexion and rotation. They might have some other demographic um, characteristics like female are going to have it more than males, females with one pregnancy more than females that haven't had any pregnancy and females with multiple pregnancy. You're kind of guaranteed to have this problem. So or if um, you've ever been told you're double jointed. Uh, yeah, that, that's okay. a big thing. Like you, you have just what we talked about, that laxity overall, like that loosening of the joints themselves. Like you're going to be more predisposed to it as well. Yeah. So hopefully that information is helpful. And hopefully by uh, listening to us, you can kind of put yourself in one of or more of those categories to say like, yeah, I think this is kind of um, what's going on with my back. And um, this is I can kind of make a decision moving forward with what I want to do. So if you guys have more questions, you want more information from us about low back pain, then we have made an ultimate guide to your low back pain. And you can get access to that if you go to robinsptwest.com slash guide. We have our guide up there that you can get access to and, and you can get more information there. Uh, anything else next to close with? No, I think that's it. Uh, I hope that helps you guys kind of figure out a little bit of what's going on and hopefully the guides uh, help you get to the bottom of this a little bit more. All right, guys. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon.